0: Well, good morning, everybody. Glad you're here. We got some sun out for you, so hopefully you're enjoying that. Um, For those of you here for the first time, first time guests, welcome. Uh, Welcome to Northridge. Glad you're here. I want you to know that this is a safe place for you to ask the uh, real questions, the hard questions about God, about the Bible, about faith, Uh, and what we're all about here at Northridge. I want you to know it's a safe place for you to discover this, and because what we are all about is following Christ on a daily basis. Not something to think about, not something to believe in only, but something that affects and impacts our everyday life, everything we do. And so that's what we get excited about here at Northridge Church. Uh, So today we're beginning a brand new series. Uh, Maybe you've seen some things bouncing around about it, but it's called Get the Upper Hand and very simply, it's a, it's a very simple premise, we are going to spend five weeks talking about five very specific emotions, and we're going to talk about these five specific emotions, kind of what, um, what God has to say about them, uh, how they tend to affect us, both positive and negative. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things in this series, and so each of these five emotions, you're going to have each uh, one of these for five weeks. Um, Now, I I need to say this at the the beginning, that this series is about emotions, and, and we sometimes think one way or another about emotions. Emotions are not good or bad one way or the other. They simply are something that we are, that we have, right? Emotions are something that God has given us. And there is a purpose behind them. There's an intention behind them. But the problem, as we can all probably attest to, and I know I've had these issues, is that sometimes we allow our emotions to control us rather than us controlling our emotions. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody else in the house with me here this morning, right? Yeah, we, we sometimes allow our emotions to control us rather than us controlling our emotions. And so today we're going to start with the first one, which is fear. Fear is one of those emotions that it's very powerful. It, it, it evokes a, pr- a really big response. Oh, <laughs> like that. Oh, see, I got you guys. <laughs> and everybody that's going to be listening while they drive tomorrow, they are going to run off the road because they're, oh, you know, it's just going to be one of those things. See, I'm sorry that I had to do that. But see, fear is a very intense emotion, whether it's a startled thing in a moment Or whether it's more of a deeper thing that you deal with on a daily basis. Maybe it's a social thing. Maybe it's a faith thing. Maybe it's a, you know, maybe you just kind of an insecurity thing. Fear is a very strong emotion and it can control us a lot. Now, as you would imagine, each week, when we talk about these emotions, there's always going to be a good version of the emotion. Again, God gave emotions to us. They're not bad in and of themselves. It's just that sometimes we allow emotions to control us more than what we should, right? The, the emotions are there for a reason. They're good things if we allow them to be used as God intends them to be used, okay? But if we allow them to get out of balance in our lives, then they become bad. So there's a good version of our emotions, right? And there's a bad version. Of our emotions now, so you might say, "Well, what's the good version of fear?" Well, I think we know what the good version of fear is, right? The good version of fear is very simply a fear, a a, a hesitation to do something that's really dangerous or stupid, right? Like, I mean, let's be honest, right? Some of you, you know, people in your lives, you're like, "I wish they had more fear." You are an idiot. I'm just, you know, right? Why do you keep doing those things? But but they do these things, and there's, I, I have friends in my life that they are very much. They are not risk averse. They are the opposite of that. I mean, they'll, they're the ones that jump and then they think, huh, I probably should have grabbed a parachute. <laughs> what do you know? I mean, you know, those kind of things. I mean, they, they just live life like that. But a lot of us fear the healthy kind of fear is something that keeps us from doing things that we shouldn't do from keeping us from doing dangerous things or, or, or getting into bad situations. So that's a healthy kind of fear. But then there's another aspect of healthy fear, and it's the one that God talks about. And you guys have heard of this probably, but this kind of fear is the fear of God, the fear of the Lord. Now, I'm not talking about like when your, your kids do something wrong. You're like, I need to put the fear of God in you, you know, that kind of thing. I'm talking about a fear of God, which is unbelievable respect and awe and understanding God's authority over you. Where you fear God in terms of absolute respect where you know that he ranks here you rank here. In fact, let me read a couple of passages uh, about what God says about fear that we're supposed to have, the good kind of fear. Proverbs 19:23 says this. Says fear of the Lord leads to life, bringing security and protection from harm. It leads to life. Not only is is fear good, not only does it protect us, but it actually leads, if you have the fear of God in you, healthy respect of who God is and who he needs to be in your life, then it will lead you to not just being alive, but life. That's a difference, right? Being alive and life is different. God wants to have us, give us the fullest life possible. And the way that we do that, one aspect of that is fearing the Lord. Now, uh, we're going to give you actually throughout this series and today, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture passages. If you deal with any one of these emotions that really they do control you, and let's be honest, out of everybody in the church, everybody through Northridge and in this community, all of us deal with at least one of these emotions in some way where it sometimes controls us a little bit more than we should allow it to, right? I struggle with more than one of these things. I'll be honest. That's the truth, and you'll maybe hear some of that from me in this series. But we're going to give you a lot of scripture that is promises, that is encouragement that you should use to defeat these emotions in your life and bring them back into balance with where God wants you to be. But let me share another one. Proverbs 8.13 says this, all who fear the Lord will hate evil. Did you catch that? All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance. We just came off of last week, right, where we talked about the devil and how he uses pride against us. And so this is talking about fear of the Lord is parallel or synonymous with hating sin, hating evil in this world. So I think that fear of the Lord, fear of God, it's a good thing. Now, the truth is you have good fear. You have kind of bad fear, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. But then you kind of have fears that are just Maybe they have more control over us than they should, but there's a little bit of foundation to them, okay? So, for example, I'm not going to ask everybody to out themselves here this morning, but my guess is some of us here deal with something called arachnophobia. Have you seen that movie, by the way? Fear of spiders? Okay, let me just give you a stat. 12 out of 40,000 spider species, 40,000, did you know there are 40,000? Some of you just got more scared, right? I'm sorry about that, but... But only 12 species out of 40,000 can actually hurt you. Can it do any harm to you? Now, some of you are like, yeah, well, there's still 12. Right? <laughs> those of you that have arachnophobia are like, yeah, but there's still 12. <laughs> and, by the way, uh, I don't, and none of them are native to Wisconsin. We find them every now and then, but none of those species are really native to Wisconsin. You can't find them here. You can't find them. Right? So I'm not saying, like, if you see a spider, you're like, well... Bren said that there's no problem, so let's play with them, right? <laughs> right? But, but, but this is the truth. And it affects, look at that, it affects 17 million. Maybe you can't see the number. 17 million people have a severe form of arachnophobia, right? Sphere of this fear of spiders. Now, again, it, it affects us. Uh, uh, another one. Uh, I don't, again, I'm not going to ask, but how many of us in here are very afraid of flying? I have many, many people in, in my uh, circle that are. You're more likely to become a professional athlete than involved in a plane crash. All right. This is the truth. It is far, far more dangerous to drive to the airport than to hop on the airplane. Probability wise, it's true. I'm not saying that a plane can't be dangerous. I'm not saying spiders can't be dangerous. All right? I grew up in South Dakota where black widows were everywhere, everywhere. By the way, I enjoyed those things. I like we catch them. We were like, hey, look at that thing. I, I'm just that's the way I am. I know I'm weird. Deal with it. You know, it's fine. But it's one of those things where these fears, though, the reason I bring this out is, yes, there's a little bit of foundation to them. But if they keep us from doing what God wants us to do or what we know we should be OK to do in our life, then they have more control over us than they should. And it could be like spiders or flying or some of those kind of things. And those, obviously, if you have that fear, you guys, some of you in here do, they're serious to you, aren't they? And that's okay. But God wants us to give it, give us freedom from these things. Why? Because sometimes our fears control our life. They dictate what we do. They dictate how we do everything in life. Let me give you an example. Okay. Did you know that 80% of the sky rises, the high rises in the world, 80% of them lack a 13th floor. Did you know that? Why is that? Is it because we're just like, you know, uh, we're going to build up to that and then we're going to skip one, all kind of stuff. No. What is the only reason these high rises don't have a 13th floor? It's because of fear, isn't it? Isn't it because of fear? And and by the way, I hope you. if you have this fear, I apologize. I'm going to destroy it to a lot right now. Um, but if you go into a building and you go up to the 14th floor, you know what floor that is, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, just because we didn't label it on the, the wonderful elevator that you're riding. Okay, now, now like you have a fear of 14 too, I get it. All right? But the truth is, the truth is, fear affects us. If 80% of the buildings in our world don't have a 13th floor, and it's only, there's no scientific reason why this should be the case. It's fear. Fear controls us. Fear controls our society. Fear controls our culture. Fear controls us. And it makes us do, have decisions and do things on all that stuff that we should not do. It just changes who we are. So let me give you a truth that kind of goes against fear. God does not want us to live, of course, with the healthy kind of fear. Yes, he wants us to have the healthy fear, the fear of him, the fear of like doing crazy things, right? That could be dangerous. But most types of fear, the kinds that control us, God does not want us to have that. He wants us to be free of that. Listen to what it says in 2 Timothy 1, seven. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline or self-control. So what this is saying very simply is, if you have fear that controls you, that's not from God. Which means if it's not from God, it's not good. Right? Logically speaking, if it doesn't come from God It's not good enough for you. And this is what 2 Timothy is saying. He's saying, God does not give you that spirit. That spirit came from you. It came from somebody else. It came from, maybe you learned it. Maybe something happened to you and it caused you to not be able to trust or to fear that, whatever the case is, right? And so God is saying to you and I, if there's something that's holding you back, and let's be honest, all of us have something or a few things We don't always like to admit it, but we have fears, fears about the people around us, fears about ourselves, fears about the future, all these kinds of things. And God says, that's not from me. I want you to be free of that. You don't need to live that way or with that. Well, as you might imagine, we always, as always, we have good examples out of God's word. And uh, I want to use uh, one person that God uses as an example. And it's one that you've probably heard of before, to be honest, because you would hear about this around Easter time and all kind of stuff. In fact, we've shared this story at Northridge, uh, I don't know, a few years ago, a couple years ago. Um, but the, the example that we're going to talk about is Peter. Peter is one of the guys that was absolutely the closest to Jesus. Right. He had his 12 disciples, but then there were three disciples that Jesus kind of poured into a little bit more specifically because he he expected a little bit more of them for whatever reason. Peter was one of them. Peter was one of those that Jesus spent a lot of time investing in. And so the setting is that Jesus has been arrested and he's been falsely accused. Right. And this is he's falsely accused because Jesus has never done anything wrong in his life, including right at this moment, like he never did anything wrong. But he's falsely accused, and so he's arrested and he's dragged off to Jerusalem to the high priest's house. And all the disciples run. They all run away. Okay, They all, they all leave him, except for Peter. Peter follows, it says, at a distance. We're going to read that in just a second. Peter is kind of following at a distance. I don't know if he's ducking behind bushes or trees or whatever he's doing, but he, he's kind of following. He's staying within eye, you know, sight uh, uh, of his Savior. And so they take him to the high priest's house, and and Peter kind of parks himself in the courtyard. But then fear is going to take over. And and he's going to do something that he he doesn't want to do. He's going to do something he never should have done. So let's just read it. Luke chapter 22, starting with verse 54. So they arrested Jesus and led him to the high priest's home. And Peter followed at a distance. The guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it, and Peter joined them there. A servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. Finally she said, "This man was one of Jesus's followers." But Peter denied it. "Woman," he said, "I don't even know him." After a while, someone else looked at him and said, "You must be one of them." "No man, I'm not," Peter retorted. About an hour later, someone else insisted, "This must be one of them because he is a Galilean too." But Peter said, man, I don't know what you are talking about. And at that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. And Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. And I know I skipped over the part where it said the rooster crowed, right? rooster crowed three times and Jesus had predicted that Peter was going to allow fear to take control of him and he was going to deny him three times. And Peter does. The only reason Peter denies Jesus is because of fear. It's the only reason. It's the only reason because Peter is looking at self-preservation. And, and so Peter, he, the, this girl comes up, Calls him out. He says, no. Another guy comes up. No, I don't know Jesus. I don't know him at all. And then he, after the third time that he denies him, and I cannot imagine, I really can't, the amount of guilt and shame and pressure that just landed on Peter's shoulders in his heart, right, at that moment. Because whatever, wherever Jesus was, he was in the, the high priest's home. Peter's out in the courtyard. So somehow they had the ability to see each other. And Jesus looks at him in the eye. Peter's just denied that he even knows him. Just, just imagine that you that you see one of your best friends and you, run, and you haven't seen him in a while and you run up to give him a hug and they walk right past you and act like you're not there. How would that feel? And then multiply that by a lot. And this is what Peter does to his Lord and Savior. And Jesus looks at him. And Peter immediately realizes, I just did three times. I allowed fear to control my life. I just denied my faith. I just lied. I just betrayed my Lord and Savior. And it was because he was scared. It's because he was scared. Now, this could be encouraging or discouraging, right? That, okay, if Peter can be taken over by fear, okay, maybe, maybe I'm okay. Okay. Right. It, it could be kind of encouraging that way. But then it's also discouraging, isn't it? Because Peter was so close to Jesus and we're like, man, what, what's going on? And it made Peter do two things. It made him do something that he shouldn't do. Lied, betrayed Jesus. And it also made Peter do something, keep him from doing what he's supposed to do, which is to stand up for his Lord and Savior, stand up for his faith and say, yes, I am a follower of Christ. And that is somebody worth following. Isn't that what he should have done. That's what he should have done, but he didn't. Fear kept him from doing what he should and made him do something that he really never should have done. And it was because of his fear. Now, the question that I want to answer today is, Okay, so Peter gave in to fear, sometimes we give in to fear. How do we tackle this thing called fear how How do we deal with it? What do we do about it because it's in all of our lives, right? How do we tackle fear? Uh, I want to give two things, two points that I think will help, uh but it's it's definitely not going to be something like you, you I give you these two points, and guess what you see a spider day, and you're just like, "Oh, pick him up, let's pet him, you know right I, it's not going to happen like that, right? I, I think God can do that, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think if there's a spider or a mouse later on this week, it's still possible that some of you are going to jump on a chair and go, "Oh ah, ah, ah. Right? I've seen that happen. Seen it? Can tell stories about that. But God can help us with our fear, and I believe these two things that we're going to talk about can really help, and we're going to give some scripture to kind of back this up. All right. So the first point in how we can deal with fear, how we defeat fear in our lives is we have to replace fear with something else. And so the first point is you have to trust God. You have to trust God. That may not seem practical, but here's the deal, guys. Here's the absolute truth. You're not going to enjoy this. But the truth is, if you are scared of something, it means you're not trusting enough in God to take care of you. It really becomes that simple. And that goes for me, too. The things that I fear, I know it really simply comes down to the fact that I'm not actually trusting God enough to take care of it. Because if I did, I just, I'm all good. I just jump in. Trust God, trusting in God has to be the first part. We have to replace fear with something else, and we have to replace it with something good, and the only thing we can replace it with is trust in our Heavenly Father. Uh, in fact, let me read uh, some scripture passages to you that, that t- talk about this. Psalm 56.3. Again, these are really good encouragement if you deal with certain types of fear. When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. Very simple. If you have fear, replace it with trust. Isn't that what that's saying? If you have fear, take fear out and replace it with trust. I know it's not that simple. Right. If somebody if I brought an airplane in here and said, hey, we're all all of Northridge. We're going to fly somewhere today. Right. If we're going to Florida, you're all like in. Right. Even if you're scared. Right. But but let's say we do that and, and you do that. The only way to conquer fear is to trust that God is going to take care of you. The Only way to conquer that is to allow God to come in and you to have that faith in there whether it's a spider thing, whether it's a mouse thing, whether it's a fear of flying thing, whether it's a deeper thing. Maybe maybe you're here and you fear certain people in your life. My guess is most of us in here probably do fear somebody in our life. Not like scared don't hurt me, but like what they're going to say, how they're going to treat you, what they're going to do, what they're going to say about you. You know what I'm saying? We live in these constant little bits of fear and we don't let other people know what's going on. But we have that. When you have fear, replace it with trust in your Heavenly Father who loves you. Because God is bigger, better, more powerful than any of your fears, any of them. I don't care what your fears are. God is bigger than them. Because God is bigger than everything. Let me give you a couple of others. Again, talking about replacing fear with something else. First John 4.18. Such love, talking about God's love, Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. Isn't that good? Like it expels it. It gets rid of it. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. Right? We're focusing on the wrong thing. And this shows that we have not fully experienced His, God's, perfect love. In other words, if we have fear, we replace it with trust. If we have fear, we replace it with the love of God. If God loves us, do you think that he's going to get some kind of joy about watching us be scared? No, because he loves you more than anybody on this planet loves you. God loves you, and he wants to take care of you. He wants to watch over you. He wants you to have the best life possible. And then let me give you one that this is maybe a little bit more practical even, something that you can take and you can do this right now, and it leads to these other things that we've been talking about. Philippians four, six, and seven. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then, this is the result of that, if you do that, if you do this, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds or goes beyond anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So what this is saying is that we have to practice trusting God. That's what this is saying. It's saying you need to pray and ask God for help, but you need to pray about the things that you're scared of, the pray, the, pray about the things that you're worried about. If you are sitting here and you're worried about something, all of us in here, by the way, are. okay. I, I don't know what it is, but you came in here with some kind of doubt or worry or fear about something. It might not be the kind where it's like, what? freak out kind of fear, but it's that doubt. It's that fear. It's that you're not sure of how this is going to turn out or this relationship or this thing or this event coming up or whatever the case is. We all have doubts and fears and worries. And what this is saying is we need to practice living and asking God to help us live the kind of life that he's called us to. Um, I'm an Olympics guy. I love I love watching it. Not in the Olympics, obviously. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. You, yeah, that would be funny, right? Like just for I, I just thought about that, like just throwing some of our regular ones in there and just like, yeah, let's see what we can do. I mean, it'd just be awesome, you know? I mean, anyway, uh, that's my weird thoughts, right? But I love the Olympics. I love the history behind it. I love the languages. I love that we come from all over the world to compete. I just, I love it. I love watching it. I love the stories, all that kind of stuff. But if you've been watching the Olympics, you notice that all the Olympic athletes Right? right before they do their downhill run or the luge or, or Sean White, before he goes in the half pipe and all that stuff, what do you see them doing? Not every time, but most of the time. What are they doing? They're, they've got their eyes closed, and you can kind of see them. What are they doing? They're doing this. you know. And what are they doing? They're envisioning what their run looks like. They're envisioning success. They're envisioning doing what they're about to do and what they're supposed to do, aren't they? What God is saying in Philippians 4, 6 is the same thing. He's saying, I want you to pray about this. I want you to think about this. I want you to focus on this. I need you to pray and ask for my help in this. Because it's kind of like we're going into the spiritual Olympics every day of our life. And if we haven't prepared, it's kind of like, hey, yeah, I think I can do the luge. Sure. Let's go. Like, what do I do? Right. OK. Oh, this is really fast. Right. And sometimes I think God is looking down and he's seeing and he's around us and he's ready to help us go through the day because he already, by the way, he already knows the track that we're going to be taking. Did you know that? He already knows. And he wants to help with it. But sometimes we don't listen to the coach. Sometimes we don't even acknowledge that the coach is there. God wants to defeat fear in our life. But we've got to put a practical thing in there where we practice what we know we should be living. Um, my life group uh, several months ago, uh, we were talking about defeating certain things in our life and sin and fear and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and we encouraged each other to put into our phones a reminder. You know how you can put reminders in your phone and then they pop up? So uh, we, we encouraged each other to put reminders in our phone of a prayer that we knew God was calling us to pray. Something about ourselves. And and the one that I put in, I shared this with the, the, the life group, uh, but, but the one that I put in my phone is, Lord, help me to be courageous, uh, especially when I am intimidated. I don't know if you're ever intimidated. My guess is you are at some points. I don't know what it is. It's probably not the same things that I'm intimidated by. But my guess is you have some intimidation there, and, and so I, I put this prayer in so that I remember when I come up on something that I'm not sure about, that I'm kind of scared of, that I'm not sure what you know how it's going to go. That that prayer it's just and it happens every morning it dings on my phone, and it reminds me sometimes. Usually I remember now right because it's a normal thing, but but it dings and I remember and sometimes I've forgotten I go, okay God I got it thank you yes help me to be courageous especially when I'm intimidated. And that's what we need to do. We need to practice what we need to be doing in life, what we need to be living. So the first one is to tackle defeat, fear, is to replace the fear with something else, which is trust in God, faith in God. The second way, and you're going to love this one, but it's the obvious one. It's what we all know, and it's why we don't defeat our fears. We have to face our fears. <clears throat> you have to face them. I don't. I don't know about you, but yes, God can take your fear away if you ask Him. It's possible for Him to do that. But my guess is, for the most of the things in my life, God has taken those fears away by saying, "Brent, ha, absolutely, I'm with you. Now jump in and let's go. I know you're scared, but let's do it." Right, well, no, I just wanted you to take it away. I don't want to actually face the fear. Right, thank you. I'm good. <laughs> Now, I, was, I was just kidding, God. I, I, I guess it's not, I'm not as scared as I thought, you know, right? And, and, that, and, that, and that's what it is. But the only way to find freedom, can I tell you the truth? We all know this truth, but let's, you need to hear it. I need to hear it. The only way to find freedom from your fear is going through your fear. It's the only way. If you're scared of the water, you know the only way to defeat the fear of water? Get in the water. It's true it's the only way to defeat it okay if you're scared of sharing your faith of letting people know that you're a follower of christ at work home's easy sometimes it's easy sometimes it's not for some of you it's harder at home than anywhere else Wherever you're scared of, wherever it's hard to let people know that you're a follower of Christ, that you hide that you go to church on Sunday, if that's something that you're scared of, you know the only way to face that fear is to start praying about it and say, God, help me to be bolder than that. Help me to just... I'm not saying you go into work and be like, I'm going to defeat this fear. Hey, everybody. I just need you all to know. I have an announcement. I love Jesus. All right, let's get to work. All right, right? I mean, I don't, I don't think that that's probably the way to go about it. But when things come up, and you know that this is, uh, when somebody asks you, hey, what are you guys doing this weekend? Oh, well, I don't know. we got a soccer game, and then we're going to the birthday party on Saturday and all that stuff. Why is it that we usually leave out that we're going to church? I'm just asking, why? My guess is, for at least a lot of us, it's fear. We don't want to get into it because they might ask us a question about God. Oh, dear. Right. And it's fear. It keeps us down. The only way to deal with some of these fears is to face them. We've got to go through the fears. So let's go back to Peter real quick. What happens with Peter? I think it's important to know what happens with Peter so that we can know what happens with us when we defeat fear. Right. So fast forward, Peter denies Jesus. Then that's the last time that he gets to interact with Jesus. You realize that that's his last thing, his last thing before Jesus dies on the cross is he denies him. I mean, again, I can't imagine the weight of that, but he does. And and so then Jesus dies on the cross. They put him in the grave. Thankfully for Peter and for all of us, he resurrects three days later right? He raises from the grave. He defeats sin and death. Sin on the cross defeats death in the grave. And he, now he's alive. And now Jesus appears to many people, including the disciples and including Peter. And there's this one particular morning that's going to change Peter's life. Jesus has changed his life a lot already, but it's going to change his life again. And it's right after breakfast. So let me read what happens. John chapter 21, Peter and Jesus having a conversation. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, That Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Now, this might be a strange conversation. But it's the exact conversation that Peter needed. Even He wasn't even quite sure at the time. You could tell that because he was hurt after the third time. But the reason Jesus asked Peter, it's one of the reasons that he asked him three times. You know why? He gave him three opportunities to declare his trust and his faith and his love for his Lord and Savior three times over the three times that he chose to deny him. In other words, what Jesus has done with Peter is he has reconciled, he's forgiven him, and he says, Peter, and this is, you know, there's a lot about sheep and lambs in there, but what he's talking about is people. He's telling Peter, he says, Peter, yes, you messed up, Yes, you let fear control you, but now I'm here. Do you love me? Yes. Do you love me? Yes. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. And, and Jesus says, Peter, it's wiped clean. We're good. Fear's never going to take you like that again, and it doesn't. Peter goes from here, and soon after this, Peter is the rock. And he goes out and he shares the love of Christ with ev- everybody he can possibly find. And he, not alone with a few, quite a few others, but he is one of the key players who leads the spread of Christianity and is why we're sitting here today. Due to Peter. I think he conquered his fear. And Jesus allows him and reinstates him. Um. This last week, we sent out an email to all of you who are on the email. I know a lot of you got it. And it was an idea that I had that God brought to my mind early this week. And uh, to be honest, it was one of those things that I wasn't sure if we should do. Uh, I was on the fence, uh, but I really felt strongly that God wanted us to send this question and ask for your responses to this question. So the question was very simple. It says, it basically said, there was a lot of words in there, but essentially the question came down to, what is your greatest fear? What do you fear the most? And this is one of my fears. It's coming across weak. So, but I'm going to tell you this, but I was not prepared for what you guys wrote. I mean, I was kind of, I don't know what I expected, but I I don't know if I expected, you know. Like, when I tested the system out, I wrote in spiders. I'm not even scared of spiders. So, I, you know, I was like, I I wasn't quite sure what to expect. And clearly God was using this, and this is why he prompted us to do this. And by the way, we're going to do this each week. He prompted me to do this every week but I wasn't prepared. I stopped and I cried like multiple times to get through this thing. I mean, the the responses were overwhelming. You guys responded, a a ton of you responded, and I appreciate that. I believe that you were being faithful to God in doing that. But some of you have some really intense fears. So do I. And it was all anonymous. I don't know who you are, but there were tons of responses. Some of you are scared of being alone. In the future. Some of you are scared of death. Some of us in here are, a lot of us in here, I was I was blown away by this, a lot of us in here are scared that we're not going to measure up to God. A lot of us are worried about that. A lot of us are worried about parenting things. A lot of us are, there's a lot of us in here who are worried about what is going to happen to our loved ones. In the future, our children, our parents, our our good friends. A lot of us are worried about having too much control in our life, and then there are some of us that are worried that we don't have enough control in our lives. I truly was overwhelmed by it. In fact, what was going to take probably five, ten minutes to read through all the responses, because there was a lot of them, turned into close to an hour. As I cried over it and prayed through it, and again, not even knowing who it was, but knowing that my prayers would go where they needed to. So I just want to let you guys know, this is important. Every one of us in here, regardless of whether you want to admit it or not, you have fears, deep ones, or you're scared about somebody or something or the future or or what you're called to be and you're not being it, or that you're that you're not doing good enough, or that God is gonna be mad at you, or whatever the case is. We've got a lot of fears in here. I'm with you. I don't like telling people that I just that I cried. <laughs> Can I be honest? it's probably partly a guy thing. Maybe it's just a fear thing, maybe it's an insecurity thing. But I don't I don't like to do it. I I I don't like to do it. We all have our fears. I just need you to know, God is bigger than whatever fear you have. He always has been. He always will be. And that fear that you have, it does not come from God, especially the fears where you don't measure up to God. Can I be honest with you? That fear is a lie from Satan because we will never measure up to God. We can't earn God's grace. That's what's so great about God. He says, you can't earn this. There's no way. I've already actually taken care of everything. You simply need to believe in me and do your best to follow me. It's not going to be perfect, but you do need to do your best. Just do your best. He says, I love you. All of us have fears. God is bigger than your fear. God is bigger than whatever problem it is that you're facing. And the only way to tackle it is to replace it with trust. Allow God to take it. I've used this example before. When my kids are standing on the, the edge of the pool, and I'm in the water, and I've got my arms open, I'm like, just jump, just go. And they're, they're scared, right? And uh, now they just jump in, you know, I don't have to be around, right? Tanner a little bit, but the other two, know. And and, and I do that, and they're scared, and they want to jump, but they're scared. What is the only reason, what is the only way they're going to jump? The only way they're going to jump into the water is when they get to the place where they trust me enough to jump in. Or Laura, whoever's there. They have to be able to trust the person. They have to be able to trust big enough, large enough, trust enough to actually jump, to actually take that step. That is my prayer for all of us. There is something that is holding you back from being everything that God wants you to be, from God pouring out some blessings on your life. And it's probably on the the other side of that fear. So God is calling us to trust him and to face it. And by the way, you have an entire church, which is a group of people who is willing to walk with you and help you face it. Do you know that? I think one of the reasons I was just torn to pieces as I was reading through those fears is because I haven't heard most of those fears from anybody in our church. And I didn't know who they were, but I do know I haven't heard of them, a lot of them. And what that tells me is that you're carrying it by yourself. You're willing to anonymously send it out, but you're carrying it, that burden on your own. Don't do that. Allow God to help you. Allow us to help you. Open yourself up to that. Yes, it's scary. Trust God. Face your fears. God will help you. He can defeat them in your life. Are you willing to trust him enough to do it? Because he's big enough to handle it. Let me leave you with this promise in Romans 8. For everyone, all who are led by the Spirit of God, who follow God, are children of God. So, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. You're either, fear, you're, you're either slave to fear or you're a slave to God. We think the slave is a bad word. It's not. If you tie yourself to God, if you slave yourself to God, that is perfect. And God will take you exactly where you need to go. We're either a slave to fear or we're a slave to God. You have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. You're a child of God. Live like a child of God. Don't let fear control any part of you. Be a child of God live with ultimate faith in God. Let's pray. God, I think as you kind of wrecked me this last week, I think you want to wreck a few people here in a good way, too. Just, you wrecked me good this week, God, and, and it was a good thing. There are a lot of people in here, in this room right now, within 30, 40 feet of me. And a little bit beyond that, there's children all over this building who they have fears and anxieties about all kinds of stuff pressure on their life. There's Every one of us in here has fears. So I pray, God, very simply, that you would help us to replace the control of that fear in our life with trust. God, would you flood into every person here And those of us here that are thinking about our fear, all of us in here, we know what our fear is. We're thinking of it right now. It's been on our heart and mind all morning now. God, whatever that is, that's holding them back from living the life that you've called them to live, an amazing life. It might even be keeping them from a better relationship with their children or their their spouse or their friends. It might be keeping them from sharing the love of Christ with somebody who needs salvation. I pray against that kind of fear in the name of Christ. Just as it says in your word, we pray that we'd have the spirit of power and love that comes from you that expels fear from our life. I pray that for everybody here today. That we would have the spirit of God that gets rid of Help us no longer to be slaves, but to recognize and accept and live as though we are children of God. Thank you for making us your children. Help us to live in that freedom today. I pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.